Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Gabe. My name is Jeff. And we're going to answer your questions today. But first, I have a question. Yeah. Jeff. Oh. How are you doing today? Oh, uh, pretty tired. Yeah. Um, my work is moving buildings. Oh, okay. And, you know. Where are they moving the building to? <laughs> that's heavy. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm so tired from carrying all yep. of the building. I, full <laughs> disclosure, for a brief second, that's what I thought you were. I thought, I thought you meant you're, they were moving a building. No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's, so it's a warehouse. So we're like moving from mm-hmm. one warehouse to a bigger warehouse and yep. like moving all of this stuff. But we don't have all of the shelving in yet. So we have to like. We're just kind of tossing everything up on shelves, and then mm-hmm. we'll sort it out later. And it's just—it's a big headache, but yeah, it's exhausting. And then not—not not to mention my back, like started going out before we even started the move. So mm-hmm. it's just like, well, I can't help at all. Like you know, so, yeah, yeah, that sucks. So I'm just—I'm you know—I'm working machinery and stuff, but sure. So I can't be hauling stuff myself. So uh, back back when we lived in Tennessee, I worked. I had a a temp job at a, a light bulb warehouse uh-huh. that when I first started working there, when they were moving from one location to another and so many light bulbs got broken. Oh yeah. And I asked them at one point, like, you know, how much of your stock are you expecting to lose in this move? And they were like, Oh, we never thought about it. Like, <laughs> how did you not? Well, you're dealing with one of the most fragile consumer products in the world. It's just one of the bulbs are just expected to break, you know, like at my work, we do deal with light bulbs to a certain extent, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, it's just, yep, it breaks. They just break. They, yeah. you know, we like moving into the new building. We have to we're replacing all of the fluorescent fixtures in like the office area. Oh yeah, and like replacing with LEDs. And, well, or... I think we're, I think we're just putting in newer. Oh okay, fluorescent. Okay. I misunderstood. Uh, we're we're just putting in new bulbs, mm-hmm. and like we bought several cases of bulbs, and like yeah, we're just like open up boxes like there's like a handful of them are just broken or just sure that's just it that's just yeah that's just light bulbs that is one of the things i like about leds is that assuming we eventually have completely moved to leds then frat light bulbs being fragile will be a thing of the past right they're yeah they're not gonna be like worst case scenario you might have like a diode or something out you know and like but it'll still work yeah you know um so before we go any further, I want to thank Jesse and Sean from DMs of Vancouver for oh, being yeah. on the show last week. I always forget to thank our <laughs> guests until like 20 minutes into the yes. episode. So thank you very much the both of them. Also, we forgot to mention it while they were on last week yeah. that we are, the two of us, are on going to be on an, on an episode of their show. Oh, right. We recorded that last week, but theirs won't go out for... Yeah. For a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those will be so, out a while yeah, we'll, longer. We'll tell you about it. We'll put the link on social media when it actually comes out. Yeah. But, uh, keep an eye out for them. Go listen to their show. It's a great show. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed the, the like, I've, I've I watched a, or listened to a few episodes of theirs before we, you know, before we uh, record with them. And yeah. I was actually enjoying it pretty much. Yeah. You know. yeah, it's, it's a good show. Like, I don't, I don't get sucked into too many podcasts like, like you do. Yeah. But. Well, I here, enjoyed this. Here's the thing, Jeff. What? Now that I have a smartphone and I can watch whatever I want. Oh, no. I actually haven't been listening to very many podcasts. <clears throat> There's like a, still a good handful that I listen to. You're slacking off. I know. I feel bad. <laughs> I honestly feel bad because it's like there's like there used to be this huge long line of podcasts. that's like I always listen to every new episode that comes out the moment it comes out. Right. But now I'm like, well, a bunch of those, they're on my backlog. I'll get to them eventually. But... But the good place, I gotta watch all of that. Sure, yep. You know, yeah. 
So we'll we'll see how this uh, this upcoming year yeah. treats <laughs> my media consumption. Um, so I'm getting back into 3D printing. Right. A couple days ago, mm-hmm. I broke out my both of my 3D printers. One of which I realized does not work. Oh no! I I'm gonna have to get it replaced because it one of the motors just doesn't work. I don't know what. Well, on your, on your old one? On my you? old one, yeah. Yeah? Oh, man. So, uh, but... Do you already had that one replaced once before? I've replaced it several times, and last time I got it replaced, I didn't bother to test it. I was like, oh, it's brand new. Sure, I, I'm sure it will work. And so it's just been sitting down there for a few months, and I went to go use it for the first time, and it one doesn't. of the motors doesn't work. Oh, jeez. And like, I made sure it's connected. It's just not doing anything. So. Huh. Anyway, but my other one. My more expensive one that was so frustrating for me that, like, I put all this work into building and so on. Uh, it's been working like a charm. I've changed up a few things about how I print stuff. And yeah. every, I mean, with, with some very small exceptions, everything I've printed has been perfect. Good. So yeah. I'm really excited about that. Cool. So I, ne- I I was telling you before we started recording, I need to just convince myself to stop trying to print miniatures. Because mm-hmm. my, my type of, of printer is just... It's, that's not what it's optimized for. Sure. So I'm going to try to focus on printing terrain instead yeah. and see how that turns out. I mean, some of the, some of the like the larger minis you could do. Maybe. Because like, some of the ones you've you've made, even like the smaller ones, like that there's like the werewolf one or whatever, like it yeah. looks like they can get pretty good detail on them. Yeah. We'll so. see. Let me print some some other stuff and then, then right. come back yeah, around yeah, to that. Yeah. Um, but so my break is ending. Mm-hmm. I've been off work for about a month. Ugh. It's been awesome. It's been <laughs> awesome, but I've also been going stir crazy. So sure, yeah. Um, I yeah. have a ton of stuff I meant to do and I didn't. I wanted to get an episode of the arcade podcast out, and I am still like I have you know about half of it done, but I haven't gotten. I've tried to get some more submissions over the last month and haven't uh, haven't gotten enough. So mm. I'll put out an episode whenever I do, I guess. Um, Tomorrow, one more. Sorry, one more thing before we get in, get in. Actually, get into the episode. Okay, we're playing D and D tomorrow. Oh, we are. Yes, I started this Eberron one shot. Yeah, um, a few weeks ago, and we're hopefully going to be finishing it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I have something real exciting planned for it. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay, I've told a couple people. Uh huh. But I told them not to tell. If they talk to you, not to tell you or anybody else. You or Skylar or Steve. Right. Uh, I I will next week. I'll bring this up again because I guarantee you will be sure you'll want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So okay. something real exciting planned for this Eberron game tomorrow. Yeah. So stay tuned, it's everybody who's not in the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. You want to go ahead and get into this episode? Sure. Okay. Um, I want you to imagine that you are you're sneaking along through a dungeon. Mm-hmm. And when I say dungeon, I mean a literal dungeon. Like this was like a jail. Oh. Like an underground jail where whatever. Okay. And you heard that there was treasure somewhere buried in this place that got, you know, a room caved in or something. And and you've heard there's treasure down here. But you're sneaking along. You think you hear something. Give Mm -hmm. me a perception check. Okay. All right. You got 15. Okay. So you listen and you hear it's like a... It's like a tapping, like a rhythmic tapping. Oh. And then... You realize, like, this is like a message. I don't know what the fantasy equivalent of Morse, Morse code, right, Sir yeah. Morse code, Sir is, Morris uh, is, of code, is, yes, is coming through, and you realize you 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 know how to interpret this right. from some I don't know class you took a long sure, time. Sure, sure. It's uh, uh, it's 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 like, uh, hold on, it's like arcane binary or something. Sure, yeah. sure. Ar- <laughs> you're you're listening. You're an artificer. You're listening and you're hearing arcane binary, and you. 
Oh, I know because you're a warforged. You're a, you're a warforged, <laughs> right? So you're you're hearing arcane binary, and you begin to translate it, and it says it's telling you that the the treasure room wasn't just a treasure room. Do you know what it was, Jeff? What was it? It was a dragon's hoard. Zero one one zero one 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 zero zero. So, um, presumably you find it and then you get the magic item that we're going to talk about today. Sweet. So, today's magic item was submitted by Dustin F. via Discord. Mm -hmm. And the item is, or the items are, the rings of distant tapping. Okay. These unassuming metal rings come as a matched set. Visual inspection reveals a small thieves mark on the inside of the bands. Knowledge history reveals this mark belongs to a pair of thieves who are said to be of one mind. Detect magic reveals minor abjuration. Should only one person don a ring, nothing happens. However, when a second person dons the other ring, they activate. Any tapping done to one ring can be felt on the other. Mm. Tapped coded messages thus can be sent covertly. Nice. And then uh, Dustin added, an interesting scenario can arise if a player should find only one of the rings. <laughs> Their ring begins tapping in an unknown code or a known code, describing a location or simply saying, help. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's it's pretty simple item. It's a, a ring. You put it on and someone else can Just tap, tap a message into it. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, because that's not, like, that's not crazy powerful by any no, means. No, not at all. It's but, like a, a much, much less powerful version of sending. Right, yeah. I mean, I could see that it very much as a, like, you can use it, like, you know, tap once for yes, twice for no sure, sort of sure. thing. You can do it that easily. Um, oh, he just said, he just said yes twice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, yeah, this is really interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I do like the idea of... Uh, you know, like you find one but not the other, and sure, you know, you just get this weird tapping on your ring every once in a while. I know um, a lot of groups use uh, stones of far speech, which uh -huh. are like a, a stone that lets you communicate directly from one specific stone to one other right, specific yeah. stone. In in the adventure zone, I know the characters use those, and they at one point someone's like, "Yeah, give me the give me the number for your stone of far speech. I'll add it into mine." <laughs> um, and then like sure. we had to use stone uh, sending stones in. You know, third edition D and D, I think was, right, was the yeah. equivalent. Um, so lots of groups have you know communication devices that mm. they make use of in their groups, but I like how this one is is a, a coded one, right? You know, it's, an, it's got an encryption on it. <laughs> um, yeah, like thinking of like the ways that you have to like communicate over long distances in D in D and D because mm -hmm. like. I don't know it's it's very rare that you're sending mail because at a certain point you get access to like sending magic, you yeah. know. Uh, but I could see maybe if in your campaign you wanted to make that a little bit more like rare or powerful. Okay. Something like this might be like you know seen as like a like a really powerful you know uh, magical item if mm -hmm. if like the only way of communication is like traveling somewhere and talking to somebody sure sure you know but like you have this this item so it's like the you know the only the only thing of its type mm -hmm. you know so it's like okay you could i don't know you could use that to your advantage in a world where there really isn't any sending spells or anything like that. sure it. i also like how um these are unassuming metal rings like i'm kind of picturing them as they're not even like a precious metal they're just like oh it's just like 
It's just an, like I- an iron ring. Right. It's just sort of like hammered into a ring shape, yeah. like not and, even polished. And so if you're like put in jail or something like that, they might not take it from you because it's just a it's just a metal ring. It's, right. It's yeah. not, not valuable. And so while you're in there, then you can use that to, you know, tap out a message saying help yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I I like it. I think it's it's really simple. I think it's it's low enough power. I would I would give this to somebody at first level if uh, right yeah if the opportunity arose. Yeah, exactly. Like that's yeah. I like I like that a lot. That it is it has it has uses. Mm-hmm. You have to get a little creative with it, sure, or very creative with it. But it's not going to break anything by any means. Yeah, no. So it's like like yeah, you get a like your it's like a sort of like you get it as a. Um, like the, your quest giver is like, okay, go on, please go on this quest. I'll pay you a hundred gold after the fact, but here for, um, like a down payment, down, down payment or, or an incentive. Yeah. As, as an incentive, here's these, here, here are these rings so that, you know, you can, you know, communicate with each other. If you oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So you, you can, you know, start, you can start the adventure off with, by giving them a magic item, which is like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. I've got, we got a magic item. What is it? Oh, it's these little tapping rings. I'm like, oh, that's neat. You yeah. know? So. It reminds me of in one of the Harry Potter books. I think it was in the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Um, the Hermione starts. You know, they start up this like group of oh, this little group where like they yes. get together and they they practice stuff that the the headmaster won't or the whatever mm-hmm. won't let them practice. Right. And um, in order to tell everybody when their next meeting is going to be, Hermione gives them each a coin. Yeah. And then she has a charm put on hers so that she can alter what it says on the coin and then everyone that has theirs with them will feel it get really warm and then theirs will change to match the message that's on right hers. yeah but, uh, and then that way like if somebody's like tear tear out your pockets yeah you yeah want to see what you got it's just a bunch of coins yeah i just have coins unless yeah. they look at each and individual each and every individual one right it's just gonna be a bunch of coins yeah but you know so it's really cool i i love ways to do stuff under the radar like yeah this. i think that's really cool mm-hmm so yeah, that was uh, that was the Rings of Distant Tapping from Dustin F via Discord. So thank you very much, Dustin. Uh, Jeff, if anybody wanted to be like Dustin here mm-hmm. and submit magic items for the Dragon's Horde mm-hmm. or questions for us to discuss or stories for the Funeral Pyre or Retirement Village, right? how would they do so? They could send us a, an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com or join us on our Interparty Discord at bit.ly slash interpartydiscord. There you go. Um, before we go any further, we got a giveaway oh, to give away today. Snap! We're giving away a copy of Crit Academy's Unearthed Tips and Tricks Volume 1 Ooh. book, which I helped write. And, small announcement, <gasps> I just might be starting to work on uh, Volume 2 Ooh. pretty soon. Hopefully by the time this goes out, I will have started. But don't expect <laughs> me to mention it again just in case I didn't. <laughs> um, so, I, I don't know. It, it won't be... Quite a while before it actually comes out, right, but yeah. uh, but you know, stay tuned. But it's in the it's in the works. In the works, yes. Uh, so so yeah, under tips and tricks, volume one is a great book from Crit Academy. Mm-hmm. They um, took you know every every episode they've got a character t- a character idea, an encounter idea, a player tip, a DM tip, a magic item, and a monster variant, and then. Um, this is just the first 25 episodes worth compiled into one book. Mm-hmm. So it's a great book. Lots of of great stuff for. You know, players, DMs, everybody. It's yeah. Great. So anyway, we're giving away a free copy of that today. Jeff, who is our winner? Our winner today is Billy B. Whoa, 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 winner. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Yes, Billy B. Congratulations, Billy B. You should be getting that in your email pretty soon. Uh, if you 
don't, let us know. Uh, you know, maybe give it a few days. But uh, and be sure to check your spam folder. Also, once you get it, be sure to leave Crit Academy a review. Yes. On DMs Guild because it's a great product, and the more you know, more reviews it gets, the better. Right. People will and, and then, think it. And then they could use that feedback to help improve the second one. Yes, they could. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so, so do that. Yes. All right. Uh, so, yeah. And, of course, thanks to Crit Academy for, for uh, giving us this awesome, awesome yeah. giveaway. After that, one thing that I want to say, we have some new patrons today. What? Yes. We've got three new patrons, in fact. What? One of them actually was from uh, a couple weeks ago, and I we meant to record it for the last one, and I apologize for uh, not putting in the last one. But How dare you? We got them all this week. So, first off, David. Now, you guys might remember David was on our show a few weeks ago. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he he joined to become a patron just in time for the Roll20 game this month. Awesome. That's really awesome. And then in the following week, just this last week, we got two more. Mm-hmm. Michael P. And Theon and Poe. Oh, cool. We are very, very thankful to all of you. So once again, David, Michael P. And Fion and Poe. You all are awesome. Woohoo. We're so thankful. You guys, you guys keep the show going. That's, yeah. that's we appreciate it so much. It is so great that we have people that are willing to contribute to our show. Yeah, it's really and, awesome. Uh, Thank you very much. There you go. So if any of you would like to be like these new patrons, mm-hmm. if you would like to help out the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. Mm-hmm. For anybody who's not familiar, Patreon is an online platform that lets you pledge a certain amount of money to donate to the content creator of your choice. For us, we have it set up per month. Some of them set it up per creation, right. I guess. Um, but anyway, so you can pledge a certain amount per month. We've got a few different tiers. We've got different rewards at each tier. We've got outtakes. We've got fantasy fiction that I wrote. We've got uh, I'm turning some of those fanny fi- fantasy fictions into audio. Mm-hmm. We've got a uh, monthly bonus podcast, Interpatron Conflict, right. where we cover a variety of topics. And then we have a monthly Roll20 game every month. And uh, yeah, so so go ahead and check that out. Patreon.com slash Conflict. Look at the different different rewards, see if anything appeals to you, and then, you know, you can help out the show and get some cool stuff in return. Yeah. So, again, thank you to everybody who has donated, and thank you to our new patrons. We really appreciate it. Woo! All right. And then one more quick thing. Check out the other podcasts on the Crit Nation Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Check out Crit Academy, critacademy.com. We already mentioned them with the Unearthed Tips and Tricks book, but Crit Academy is a great podcast where Justin, Ian, and Brandon create new and reusable content for players and DMs alike. Then check out Brute Force and Ignorance. They are an actual play podcast on the network. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they are either about to start or they just started another, uh, some some other thing. I think it's like a, might be a one shot. Okay. I could be wrong about that. Whatever it is, they, they're they're in the process of starting something. Sure. Something else. So check them out. There's some great guys. We had uh, a couple of them. We had uh, Jake and Dan mm-hmm. on our show a yeah. few months ago. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then also check out D&D Character Lab. Garen and Dan, uh, they stopped making episodes, but their podcast, every week they made characters and debated whose characters were better. Yeah. So check those out. Let's get into some questions, Jeff. Sure. Our first question comes from John Gemstone on Discord. Uh, do you like to prepare a backup character for a campaign? Yeah, I think this is a... This is a good question. I um, when I first started playing D anD I don't think I ever would have thought of making a backup character, but then I played with a guy back when I was in the campaign where I was playing with Chris. Dang! Like when our our good friend Chris. When mm-hmm. I started playing with them, there was one session where this guy showed up, and he was he was a new player, or new to our group. He had been playing the game for a long time, but he uh, he he was our first time playing with us, 
And he did something real foolish with his character, and his character was very likely to die soon. Uh-huh. And he didn't really seem to care. He was like, yeah, that's fine. I got like I got a whole bag full of characters over here. <laughs> and, you know, I that seems so weird to me. Hmm. But talking with the other players afterwards, they were like, yeah, yeah. He, he's been playing since first or second edition. Back in those editions, your character would die instantly sure. in, in, in all sorts of cases. You know, it's it's funny. I actually wasn't even thinking of it that way. I, okay. I, I, I do have backup characters, but more so that I can fit the group better. Oh, okay. Because, like, you know, everybody's got, like, their favorite characters to play or the you know, the, the type of character that they always play. Sure. But, like, you know, we, we've expressed before that, like, we typically like to just kind of, like, fill out the group. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, you know... I can I can find a way to enjoy pretty much any type of character. Yeah. So I'm always like creating several different characters so that like if the other few people in the group are like, oh, I w- this person wants to play healer, this one wants to play a, like a spellcaster, I'll be like, okay, I'll be a barbarian. You know, mm-hmm. no big deal. I got that on on you know I got that on tap. Yeah. Um. But yeah, think think of it as like, oh, my character could die. I should have a backup. Sure. I guess sure. that works in the same that's, way. That's how I was interpreting it. But yeah, it might yeah. be uh, might be what you're saying. Because yeah, in earlier editions, like dying is much more prevalent. And yeah. then, uh, and I mean, like in general, the when we play in the groups that we play in, like we 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 tend to to shy away from killing off characters. character death. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Make it make it rare you know but not impossible you know it's yeah like, i don't like, ever want to take the the danger out of it but i would rather try to find tension in something other than character death right yeah so i mean there there might be camp you know adventures or one-offs or something that we do like mm-hmm. if it's a one-off it's like well if the character dies all right that was yeah, fun yeah, you know sure. had a good time so yeah i definitely do make backup characters mm-hmm. specifically for just in case the character i made doesn't fit the group you know, dynamic yeah. as well. Cause I, I want to, I want to have a nice rounded group. It's, it's kind of more fun that way. Sure. Unless you're specifically going, let's all be bards today, you know? <laughs> right. Well, let's all be warlocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, there was the one time that we, we, we didn't actually end up playing this campaign, but we all statted up we, individually. We right. made, we made gestalt characters. This was 3.5. We made gestalt right. Eberron characters. Yes. We all came to the table. Each of us was a different specialist wizard. Right. Yeah. I think I went with like transmuter. You were a transmuter artificer. I was a uh, necromancer cleric. <laughs> Steve was like an enchanter beguiler. Oh, yeah. The beguiler. And Jay was, I want to say Jay might have been like an abjurer. Yeah, I think. So he's a dwarf something or other. I don't know. That, whatever Whatever Jay ends up that doing. Fit, that fits Jay's MO. So, yeah. yeah. Abjurer. That's not that right. It was just... Completely independently. Yeah. All of us were different specialist wizards. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I so I, I don't think I usually do. I guess in the sense that that you're saying I've got character I mean of course I've got character concepts. I've yeah. probably got a bunch of half finished characters, mm-hmm. but I never like specifically bring them in the hopes of swapping them out if necessary. I always I always try to get that worked out. I always I always figure that out beforehand, Jeff. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> um, there was a time, I want to say, back when the D&D miniatures game was big. Back right. when like it was its own game. It wasn't it was right. it was compatible with D&D, but like yeah. there was a game that was specifically you buy these miniatures and then play this other game with the simplified game with the miniatures. 
What? I'm, I'm just remembering Voltram. Well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. I think Steve's character died, and then we just had his brother Voltram come in. <laughs> no, so no, Vol- no, 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 Voltram was the... Was well, the I know, f- I know. Voltram was Steve's character. When Voltram died, his brother Voltram just walked into the room. <laughs> and said, Voltram, and no! Voltram, no! And then I think started fighting in his in his place or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Voltram the Archmage. Yeah. Uh, I, I am Voltram the Archmage, and I am going to deal 66 damage. Yes. And so he's saying all of the mechanics right. in character. That's the yeah. way Steve chose to play this character. I'm going to convert this spell into pure damage, because there was, right. like, Archmages could, like, take oh, any spell right. slot spell and, like, turn it into just... Yes. Right. They had a, it was called... Arcane Fire, I think it was yeah, what it was called. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just any spell be, slot, you could just turn it into just damage. I'm going to be I'm going to be dealing twelve D six arcade fire damage. Yeah. Because there's a band called Arcade Fire. Oh. And every time, for years, every time I heard them on the radio, I was like, Arcane Fire? Is this a D and D reference? <laughs> no, 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 it is not. <laughs> um But in so so back in the earlier edition D and D days, yeah, you would have a, a pile of character sheets or at the very least when your character died you would just on your sheet put junior, junior. and then <laughs> oh look it's my father was this character that died now I have the same stats and class and race and everything dad no I guess it makes sense that you're, you have the same race as your parent but anyway sure, yeah like uh, but you know you play an elf maybe it's a half elf sure know. sure um, so th- in earlier editions that was definitely a common thing because mm-hmm. again the game was just deadlier back yeah, then yeah um, a lot of things were like a save versus poison. Poison meant you died. Right. It wasn't, oh, which kind of poison? No, no, no. It was just you roll versus poison. Yeah. You died. You're, you're, you're dead now. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was there was a lot more saver dies. Right. And, you know, not to pass up an opportunity to talk about how awful the Tomb of Horrors is. That's why, like, stuff like the Tomb of Horrors right. was based around earlier editions where every potential challenge, if you fail your roll, you're you dead. Die. You're dead. Yeah. So, so yeah, in that type of game, not uncommon for you to be like, well, I've got this other character, just whip it out, bam. Yeah, because the defense against the Tomb of Horrors is figuring out the puzzles so you don't have to roll the dice. Exactly. Yeah, if if you know what you're doing, you can get through the entire Tomb of Horrors without a single yeah. save. You just have to know where to go yeah, and which, what skill which, p- which plate to press down with a 10-foot pole with raking motion yeah oh yeah oh, yeah you can use a raking motion yeah. to find the the not that entrance because that entrance you, you you die right so so anyway a pretty pretty simple answer yeah. to this one i i don't but i can understand why people mm. would yeah because i mean for we uh, recently played on uh, on a stream with uh with uh, justin from crit academy yes i don't know why i didn't bring that up earlier yeah <laughs> so yeah we we just we did like a little little short little one-shot adventure yep uh, and he said, you know, make, you know, 10 level characters or whatever. And mm-hmm. so like I had a, you know, I had a few in mind and like Gabe had said that he wanted to play a healer Yeah, and cause nobody ever wants to play one. I thought yeah. I'll, I'll just head them off at the pass. Yeah. And then Ian and, Ian and Brandon were going to be playing, but they ended up not being able to. And yeah. so like, I was kind of waiting to see like what, what they were going to play. So mm-hmm. like I had, okay, okay. I have a sort of healing character that I could, that I could kind of like. What if we were two healers? I mean, it was it was almost that, yeah. and like it would have been really bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because because Ian and Brandon ended up not being able to make it, and so it was just me and Jeff. Yeah. And the, anyway, so so <laughs> it, it it was it was awkward because we were not a full party by any means. Right. Yeah. Um, I forget what I had another one as well. I can't remember, but I ended up going with the like uh, the stealthy ranger 
yeah. guy. Uh, there's a bugbear. I kind of pictured it as we were a, a cleric and a rogue. I mean, we we weren't a cleric and a rogue. I was, right. a, I was a bard, actually. Right. But uh, a healer and a sneak yeah. attacker. Right. Basically. <laughs> and it ended up just you taking so much damage because no one could Honest see me. Honest question. Did you take any damage that entire... I took event? I took some of the poison damage. Okay. Okay. Uh, and... Oh, no, wait. I did get hit by... Not disintegrate, but something else. Okay. That did like fifty points of damage to me. So oh wow, I took okay. I took okay. I took a decent amount of damage. It just kind of right. came all, all at right. Once. <laughs> so, but it, because Jeff was invisible the whole time, right. so <laughs> I was just I just kept getting hit. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's a it is a powerful ability that the gloom the gloom mm-hmm. stalker rangers have, but yep. it is so easily thwarted. Yeah, if they know what it is, any almost you know it's very yeah. very easy to to get around. Anyway, but, anyway. Yeah. If anybody wants to watch that, mm-hmm. it's still up on, if you go to twitch.tv slash Crit Academy. Yeah. I tried telling Steve about this yesterday. Steve was over and he tried looking it up on his phone and it didn't, it was not on the mobile version, mm. or at least if it was, it was, he, neither of us could find it. Okay. But it's on, if you're on desktop, twitch.tv slash Crit Academy, click on videos. It's one of the, right. Yeah. It's, it's two because there are feed, something went wrong yeah, with the feed 20 minutes in. So it's two different files. Yeah. I cut out for, for a second. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. So thank you to Justin from Crit Academy. It, mm-hmm. I had a I had a blast. It was we were doing it for about three hours. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. You can watch the two of us uh, solve a mystery and or fight some some bad guys. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, so yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> it was me hiding and Gabe getting hit a lot. By... <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that that was an example where Jeff had. Yeah, I had a, 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 had a backup, backup just in case we needed more healing. I had a healer, and then I think, I can't remember what my, th- I had a third option that I yeah. don't remember. Probably a Warforged. Maybe, Gabe, maybe. <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure Justin said any Wizards of the Coast material. He did, so. he did. and I, right. I had thought about it. I had thought about it. Our next question comes from Arcanist Winterbrand on email, and they ask... My group is having a difficult time adjudicating how invisibility works. It is only a second level spell, but is mostly treated like God mode and effectively makes the invisible character untargetable. Any thoughts on how to clear this up? Yeah. And uh, this did come up in the, in the little thing right. that we did with, with Justin. Yeah. Cause of my, the, the gloom stalker ability umbral sight makes you count as invisible. If somebody is relying on dark vision to see you. Yeah. So because we were in the dark and, um, the villain at no point, like the, the bad guys we were fighting didn't bring out a light source at any point. Basically, it meant Jeff, Jeff's character was invisible. We all, right. we all had dark vision, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, you were, you were invisible to everybody. Now, um, this is, so this is a, a rules specific question. You know, yeah. we, we don't often have, have like rules heavy questions. This is one that I do think is worth bringing up. Yeah. Um, in earlier editions, it worked differently, but in fifth edition D and D invisibility doesn't make you untargetable. Right. It, it's very easy to think that it does. But if you're in combat, if you're invisible, unless you are hiding, everybody knows what square you're in. Like they mm. know which which five foot area you are in. Yeah. Which now that I think about it, I could have been using my bonus action to hide. Well, why didn't you, Jeff? I Because I, well, cause I didn't fully understand the... Well, okay. The, but I, also you didn't get hit by any... You didn't... I, w- I was getting way. hit by stuff. Okay, okay. What do you, what do you, well, all yeah, right, all right. Let's, 50 damage or whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> so I think we probably had roughly the same hit points, too. Yeah, Because I, I, so. I had a D8 as a bard. Yeah, yep. Anyway, um, so 
invisibility can it it can be it can be easy to mistake it for just no one can see you nobody knows where you are right you're untouchable right but again if you are not spending an action to hide or using a hide a, a bonus action to hide if you're a, a class or race that lets you do that yeah then everybody knows where you are they can attack you they just have disadvantage right it's still a very powerful defense mm. and of course you know the invisibility spell goes away once you attack so if you attack yeah. you just get that one attack and then you're visible right but if you have it if like with jeff's ability if you have it long term then it is very important for the dungeon master to know like enemies can still attack them they still know exactly where they are mm-hmm. but they just have disadvantage to attack them right um and then also like spells that aren't attack rolls oh but yeah are saves yeah like if they know where you are they just cast it in that area and yeah. you have to make the save still yep so i mean sacred flame can target you just as well as anybody right. else so yeah fireball like there it's an air you know things like things with like an area effect or that aren't mm-hmm. you know I, you know anything that's not an attack roll yeah so i mean the idea is of course with the fireball is like you're just blowing up an area so you're you know if you're invisible you still have to dodge out of the way sure uh you know like with some of the other like i don't know exactly know how all the other spells like save spells kind of work. I mean, if, if they know what square you're in, yeah, they can, they can still target you. That's, that's right. the important thing to this question is they can still target yep. you. All they have to do with a save with a spell with the saves with a saving throw yeah. is to just target you. You make the saving throw. Yeah. You don't get any benefit. You're just, you're subject just like anybody else. Yep. And then it's just disadvantage if it is an attack. Roll, if it's right? an attack roll. Yeah. And Which, of course you have advantage to attack anybody else. Right. Yeah. So, I mean like disadvantage, like, it doesn't get any worse. Yeah. You, it's like, if well, you already have disadvantage from something else. Attack the invisible person. Yeah. It's not any worse than. Yeah, not. exactly. It's like, well, might as well try to get rid of the guy who is invisible all the time. You yeah. know, that kind of thing in. So like in third edition, it was real confusing. So if you were invisible, if an enemy was invisible, you had right. to like make a listen check to see if you could tell what square they were in. Right. If you succeeded and you knew what square they were in, you could attack them. However, there was a 50% chance that even if you rolled a natural 20 or whatever, even if you hit, your attack just flat out missed. Right, yeah. And it was real frustrating. Yeah. And like, and then they might just five foot step into a different square. Now you have to make another saving throw, another listen, another check. listen yeah. check. Yep. And then make another attack roll, another 50% miss chance, mm-hmm. and so on. That was closer to being, you know god mode or whatever right also i've heard of their groups where people if someone was invisible they that they, they let them use the coup de grace action oh wow because it's like okay. oh they can't see me so i'm just gonna stab them in the neck you know i'm just gonna go for the jugular or whatever right and although that might quote unquote make sense that's never been it's never been that easy in order yeah. to get a coup de grace you have to the target has to be helpless or tied up or something mm. in some way that they are not able to physically react to what you're doing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so a lot of people play invisibility as more powerful than it's intended to be. Mm. And it, Hey, but on its own, it's still pretty powerful. Well, right. Yeah. If you are sneaking, like if you are using, making stealth checks, mm-hmm. yeah, you're invisible. Nobody knows you're there. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And like, it definitely has different uses inside and outside of battle because like inside a battle, like they could still target, you and Mm -hmm. you know they just get disadvantaged outside of battle like you know you could be you know eavesdropping yeah you know it's got it's got a lot more uses where like i feel like it's 
invisibility is probably more useful outside of battle than it I, is. I would agree. I would even say if you're in combat while you're invisible, you've wasted your invisibility. Sure. Like, cause I mean like it's over once you attack, once you attack, even if it's not, it's, it's a good buff. Yeah. But it's main thing. It's best. It's best used when you're making it so that no one even knows. No one even is thinking to look for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're just standing in the corner of the room while they talk about the evil plans or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I really like that aspect of invisibility. Yeah. In combat, sure, yeah, it's a buff. They have disadvantage to attack you. You have an advantage to attack them. Yep, it's a good, e- easy way to get sneak attack as a rogue, sure. that sort of thing. But, like, I would never cast invisibility on myself just to get one attack with, you know, sneak attack. Right, yeah. Like, yeah, you, 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 want it, you want it to be for a specific reason. Like, maybe do, like, a surprise. If, if you're going for the surprise round yeah. or, or surprise attack, I still don't quite... If you still don't quite fully understand surprise in... Yeah, it's a little, it's a, that's another, that's a whole yeah. other topic. And we have, we've talked about that in the past and I still feel like I don't understand it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, there was, I remember there was one, I was hearing a story about, uh, this one guy, he had a ring that let him become invisible whenever he was wearing it. And, uh, I think he also had like a dagger that would glow whenever, uh, orcs were nearby. Gabe. And there was this big bad evil guy that was trying to get the ring of invisibility back and they had to go on this stupid long journey just to go around the because nobody would just go through the front door you know (laughs) every the fighter kept saying you don't just walk right into that place so they like (laughs) went around the back went through the mountains fought some spiders or whatever oh my goodness this is a joke because clearly i'm talking about harry potter i bought a harry potter earlier there were all these dwarves (laughs) and then one of them went into a barrel and it was ridiculous a barrel roll. <laughs> Clearly, I'm talking about uh, Chronicles of Narnia. You know, <laughs> when Edmund got the right ring of invisibility, and then Susan right fought the spider. Yeah. Um. So anyway, anyway, invisibility. It is. It is very powerful. However, it's not quite as powerful as you think. It. It just. Yeah. Gives you enemies have disadvantage to attack you. Yeah. You have advantage to attack them. Yeah. It's. It's somewhat limited, and there's ways to deal with it. Correct. And, you know. However, even if you have it every round like I did, yeah. there's still ways to deal with it. Sure. But again, if you can use the hide action, then that does make you invisible until you attack. Sure. Like once once you attack, you're no longer yeah. hiding. So uh, there is a feat. I think it's the skulker feat. Okay. Is what it is. That attacking while hiding. Yeah. Like if you're hiding and then you attack, if you miss. Okay. It does not reveal your location. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It's nice because, like, if you miss, then, it, like, so if you're, like, you know, shooting from range or something like that, yeah. if you miss your target, sure. they don't, they're, like, what, they don't know where that came from. They, that's really you know, good. Like, once you hit them, then they're, like, oh, obviously it's coming from this right, direction because right. okay. I can tell from the arrow. Sure. You know, in in me. <laughs> well, I can see the arrow. The back is pointing out in this direction. Uh, but the so. arrow is pointing that way, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, like if if you let's say you do have the ability that lets you hide as a bonus action, yeah, then um, you can hide as a bonus action. But then if you attack, you have advantage on that attack. I guess you'd have it either way. Sure. But then you're visible, so now enemies can target you after your turn is over. Yeah, I guess so. you would you could you could hide after the attack. Oh, that's a better idea actually. So like if you're invisible. But still in like a dark area. Yeah. You can. You might want to still move to a different square though, because if they. Sure. They might try to attack that square just That's in case. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I, I think that'll do it for our regular questions uh, for this week. But we do still have our so our social media questions. Okay. Uh, last social media question was, what are your dream dice? If you could have any set of dice, what would you choose? Ooh. And this was posed by Jeff here. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, just because I keep I keep getting all those ads from like Wormwood or whatever that yeah. they just show me all these pretty dice and I'm like, oh, I want it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, I mean, there's there's some cool cool dice out there. Yeah, we are um, not sponsored by Wormwood. No, I wish we were. So we, uh, I think I said that my the dice that I wish I had was Alitamaro's dice. Right. Yeah, from the like that convention or whatever. Yeah, it's from the Epic Level Handbook, and they gave them out at something. And I I have three D printed. A version of them. Yeah. But again, it'd be cool to have like the official ones. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we got a few responses over on Facebook. Brandon G says, and that's Brandon from Crit Academy, says Malachite or Ruby in Zoocyte. Mm. Super pretty. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ruby, though, is. Uh... <laughs> I know that Malachite and Zoocyte were Sailor Moon villains. Oh, really? Yes. I mean, I know what Malachite is. I don't know what Zoocyte is. Uh, Malachite is the fusion of uh, Lapis and uh, Jasper. Well, la-dee-da. Well, la-dee-steven-universe-da. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, look at Jeff, the person who took a class no. on a cartoon, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I know that in the Shackled City, the fortress... At the end of the first adventure, it was called the Malachite, the Malachite Fortress. Ma- oh, yeah. Or the Malachite Fortress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Malachite or Ruby and Zoocyte, says Brandon. Uh, Tommy D says, Meteorite, they'd be out of this world. Oh, but um, there you go. That's pretty cool, though. Like, Meteor- Meteorite can yeah. look pretty. pretty and, and, yeah, he made a joke, but that is a thing. You yes. can. Yeah. They're incredibly expensive, but you can get right, yeah. Meteorite dice. Uh, Dustin F says, I would love to have dice forged from melted down swords. Interesting. It would be like owning the nerdy version of Anduril, <laughs> which is another uh, thing from the Chronicles of Narnia we were talking about. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. No, that's Harry Potter, actually. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> um, Ryan P. says, I've always thought a tungsten D20 always loved the sound of heavy dice, oh. and that would be the pinnacle. <laughs> right. Denting yeah. tables. I played, it wasn't tungsten, but it was pewter. I think I, mm. I played with somebody that had a pewter D20. And yeah, solid Bam! Dunk. Every time it hits the table, <laughs> put a dent in the in the. We were using a dry erase mat as a dry erase board as the oh yeah battle map. <laughs> um, Ryan P. Said, oh, I just did Ryan P. Sean M. said, "I'd love an ancient Egyptian D twenty, the original gaming dice." <laughs> All right, there you go. There, really I cool. think one of the oldest oldest dice in the world, I think, is an Egyptian D twenty. Huh. Uh, and then Justin H. says. One with twenty on all sides. <laughs> right, I, we we asked the question. Right, so. yeah, that's true. Uh, over on Twitter, I think we just got one. That's Carl with a K. Says, "I would love a nice set of semi-precious stone dice and a set of carved hardwood dice." Oh, okay. So, kind of like what Brandon was saying, like ruby or whatever for semi-precious stone and a set of carved hardwood. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get any on Reddit and on Discord. Debrasaur says, I think it would be really amazing to have dice that were completely dark and blank, but when rolled, the number on top would gently glow. Ooh. That could definitely be a thing. I think it might be hard for like a D20 or something, but yeah. I know that um, there are dice that there is a D20 you can buy that when you roll a 20, it lights up. Oh, Cool. Like it, it like flashes colors or something. Nice. So it could that could work. I'm sure there's yeah something like that. Yeah, yeah. That 
can't yeah i can't i can't see that being impossible yeah and then you could get a version of them that it always brings up whatever you roll brings up the the highest result (laughs) just yeah it's always blank but then you know you can you set your app or something (laughs) right right? uh frost axe says i've been eyeing a set on etsy that is made of clear acrylic and has gold, red, and copper leaves in them. Hmm. The perfect eye for an autumn-loving New Englander such as myself. Nice. Also, I'd highly recommend checking out the YouTube channel Ribonator. His channel is dedicated to making custom dice, and watching the process is a lot of fun. Cool. And there you go. I can definitely get behind that. That sounds like some awesome dice, and um, I like. I do enjoy watching YouTube channels where it's like just someone manufacturing right. a thing. Just ma- yeah, making a thing, crafting. Yeah. Yep. It's really cool. Um. The Beverage Tea says, I would be happy for a set of dice that actually would stop on numbers other than one, two, or three. Uh-huh. Every single set I have tried is so stubborn about rolling well below average and destroying all notion of probability. A D20 that rolled an 11 on occasion. That's all I ask. <laughs> I yeah, feel you. Yeah, the set of dice that we got from uh, um, Adventures in Aurelia. Yeah. I, yeah, I use those all the time. They're the ones I keep on my desk. Yeah. Uh, this, this D20... Has rolled single digits for me nine times out of ten. Well, here's the thing, Jeff. When we were doing the actual play the other day, like, I kept rolling oh, I know. above 15. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was afraid that people watching might think that I was fudging my dice right. because we were doing it on the honor system. Right, yeah. I was, yeah, I was actually rolling pretty well that, that, that for that, too. And I was yeah. also like, I hope he doesn't think I'm right. fudging. Then uh, I rolled a couple natural ones right. in a row, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... When you roll, when you roll so good, you feel bad. That, I know, you know like <laughs> because I usually roll really badly. Right, I feel like everyone's gonna think I'm cheating when I don't. Yeah. do that. <laughs> um, uh, Stiltskin Kupo eighty four, David, or uh, you know, our new patron and yep. and friend of ours, uh, says I participated in a Kickstarter in the past where I got some uncommon dice. I got a D sixteen and D twenty four. I intend to use those in my. Uh, Final Fantasy D&D for upgraded versions of elemental spells or for scaling damage dice of weapons due to feat type upgrades. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've also picked up a Zodiac 12-sider that I found in a random dice bag at my local shop a while back. That's pretty neat. A set of these in multiple colors would be nice if only to recreate some mechanics from Final Fantasy Tactics or other Ivalice games. That's really cool having the different Zodiac on a D12. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Um, and then one more thing that David said was, I would also like a die with all the damage elements on it and a die with status buffs and a die for debuffs or ailments. And yeah, that'd be really cool. If you're ever like, you could use that for monster generation. Here's an idea. Uh-huh. Someone should make monster generation dice. Okay. Like it has different elements, different, I don't know. Yeah. Monster types or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead of, like, instead of, instead of tables, it's dice. You, yeah. you can have a way to, um, you know, like, uh encounter generation but through a set of dice or something sure like that. sure you could be like okay today for this encounter i'm gonna be making a uh okay that's a goblin with a spear right or something yeah you know something like that i think that'd be really cool maybe maybe your dragon dice like dragon dice could be used for something maybe. like that be okay okay yeah maybe that, it takes take some some working but right. uh but yeah. some maybe some way to repurpose them for sure that. sure yeah. um one thing that i do want to say is uh, this makes me think of, I bought some dice when we started our Eberron game a few weeks ago, I was at the ga- local gaming store, Pandemonium, and I bought a set of dice that was on clearance mm-hmm. that are, it's the regular set, you know, it's a, the D20, D12, 2D10s, uh, D68 and D4. Yeah. And 
each one, they're all shaped really weird. They were called like wizard dice. Oh, right. The D20 yeah. is a D20. It's a little bit bigger, but it's got kind of like, it's got like some details on it. But then like the D10s are each like potion bottles. Mm-hmm. The D4 is like a little tiny decanter. I think D6 is a a fireball that like you roll it and like it lands on a different part of the fireball. Okay. Um, I'll put a photo of them in the in the show notes or yeah. something. It's uh, uh, it's really interesting. They all look really weird, mm-hmm. but they they're all they're all pink. Like I imagine there were probably other colors, and then the pink ones are the ones that didn't sell. Sure. Because there were a couple other bags of just pink. Yeah. But anyway, they're just they're really interesting dice, and they're they they look really weird, but they're all just the typical. D20, D12, you know, so on, so on. Um, and then I do have a D30 and a D60 and yeah. a D100. Right. Because I know one of the... Um, <laughs> I, I know uh, uh, David said about he has a D16 and a D24. Mm-hmm. I don't have either of those, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then, so that'll do it for our last social media question. But then the next social media question is... Dinner plans with your gaming group. Do you eat before, during, or after a session? Mm. So you know you're going to be playing in the evening or in the afternoon right. or whatever. Do you grab a bite to eat on the way there? Do you stop to eat while you're playing? Or do you wait and then you go out to eat afterward? Right. Or do you eat while playing? Sure. You know, sure. Like, you know, because I, 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 I can see some people doing that, but some people not wanting to do that, you know, get greasy fingers, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, cause there, there were definitely times where we would stop, we would be like, like either like right before or right after a battle or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. You know, we'd like, okay, combat, we know it's going to take a while. It's, I'm getting kind of hungry. Let's not start the combat right now. Let's, sure. we would run and go grab like McDonald's or something. Yeah. So I feel like there were some times where we even said like, Hey, let's do some role playing in the car or whatever. Or we, sure, would, we would like yeah. do some non-combat stuff. Yeah. On the way there or on the way back. Mm. Um, a lot of groups I've been in, we would stop for, we would take a break for dinner, you know, order pizza and then stop and just hang out while we're eating. While we're eating. Mm. I feel like whenever that happens, though, it ends up taking up like half the session. Sure. Yeah. It always ends up taking up a huge amount of time. Yeah. Even if we were just like, yeah, going right down the street to the, you know, one of the fast food places, yeah. like there might be like a line or something that took way too long. Yeah. Or there was that one time we each went, through the drive-thru like there was the four of us in a car yeah it was in jay's car jay jay went through because we all had cards yeah none of us had cash we went through the drive-thru once with jay driving then we all got out i got in the driver's seat we yep. went through again yep we, and then we just you got in the driver's seat person. steve got in the driver's seat <laughs> and then jay kept resetting the song that we were playing so it was at the same point of the song every time we got up there yeah, yeah. and it was uh banana man from uh from tally hall, from yeah. Tally hall. Yeah, good times yeah. man <laughs> um so so yeah, I feel like a lot of the time we will eat during uh, during the session, mm-hmm. and it always takes forever. Mm-hmm. So a, a, just a suggestion to everybody. I, I'm not trying to pass judgment, but right. if you're looking for my opinion, you should eat beforehand mm-hmm. because just get it out of the way, and then yeah, you know, yeah, it's like yeah, get it out of the way. That way you're not also getting like you don't want to get hungry in the middle of a sure. session. So like you're like, well, you know, we're, we said we were going to get eat after the session, but I'm getting really hungry. Or maybe now. wait until wait and eat afterwards because otherwise you'll be like, you know, you'll be full brain or whatever. You'll be like sure, uh, all drowsy, all drowsy through the whole. Yeah, the whole maybe. Session. I don't yeah. know. I, maybe there's not a right answer. Right. So so let us let us know <laughs> yes. your answer. Let us know. Let us know what you guys. Let do. us know your wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, well, um, so let us know what you think on, on social media. We'd love to hear your responses. Uh, that'll do it for questions for this week. Mm-hmm. But before we close out, we do still uh, we still are going to to relax. Mm-hmm. Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> Let's remember those who have come before us, who have uh, who maybe given their lives so that we may have a better world to live in mm-hmm. as we toss another log onto the funeral pyre. Our funeral pyre for today comes from DM Doom Oz, which I believe is Justin from Crit Academy, not yeah. to put him on blast or anything. I think that's him. <laughs> Uh, and the story goes as follows. We were running Dragon Heist. I was playing a rock gnome named Nope or Gnope. I'm guessing the G is silent like in gnome. Right. He was a bit of a compulsive liar. This includes impersonations. His favorite was a powerful archduke. He always made the party's life a bit of a living nine hells. Am I right? Am I right? But it was fun to play. Partway through, I decided to playtest one of our new player options, the Blade Dancer. Mm -hmm. So I worked with the DM and decided on the day of the switch. But he didn't tell me how it was going down. Nope was trying to get into a prestigious noble gala. Taking on his Archduke persona, later on the guard caught up with us to honor the Archduke. But it was a trap. They saw through his disguise, and then he tried to bribe his way out, which is a capital offense. So the captain called forth one of the guards. The guard proceeded to beat Nope to death. Oh. With his last hit points, he changed into a spider to try and slip through a crack and escape. But sadly, he got the boot. Oh, jeez. The guard walks over, cuts off Nope's head, and then removes his own helmet. Beneath the guard's helm was a red-skinned half-orc with huge sideburns. He picks up the head and says, Ha! Who would like some of my famous rock stew? And that's when I realized I beat my own character to death with my new character, the chef, Brick. It was an amazing surprise. Oh, no. So there you go. That's that's what happens when the dungeon master, I don't know, screws over your character or whatever. So so he screwed over. He killed off his old character with right. the new character. That's a, that, That'll teach you to have a backup character. There you go. So let's, <laughs> let's raise a glass in memory of all the people who ever wanted a backup character and were punished for it. Clank. Clank. There you go. Uh, so that'll do it for today. If you want to submit questions for us to discuss or items for the Dragon's Horde or stories for the Funeral Pyre, you can email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. If you want to check out show notes, we've got um, links to media mentioned on the show, as well as running lists of questions and magic items. Go to interpartyconflict.com. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We are on Reddit. We have a Twitter at InPartyConflict. We also have our InterParty Discord, which is at bit.ly slash InterPartyDiscord. You can find us on there. If you answer the questions on social media, then your answers might end up on the show. Find us on the podcast app of your choice. Uh, you, wherever you download podcasts, you can find us. Please give us a, re- a rating, a review, subscribe to us, or just tell a friend about us. If you want to support the show monetarily, you can check us out at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. We have a few different tiers, so anything you can spare, even a dollar a month, would go towards making the show better, and you'll get bonus content for it. Jeff, tell us about FriendQuest. FriendQuest is our YouTube channel where we play video games. Yes. I had meant to come over and record some friend quests at some point over my break, but I uh, just didn't have time. Right. So, yeah. sorry. Um, that's fine. I've been, I've been kind of busy at the time, too, so. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of video games, check out my side project, the Arcade Memories Podcast. If you want to submit any of your own stories for the podcast, you can submit them to me at arcadememoriespodcast at gmail.com. And head over to bit.ly slash interpartyconflict to take a short survey about our show. What you like, what you don't like, etc. And just for taking it, Mary and Tom from hollandspiel.com will give you two free printable board games. So check that out. And of course, our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So Jeff, until next time. Jeff, where'd you go? I, I can't I can't see Jeff anywhere. Shh, I'm invisible. You can't see me. But are you hiding as well? Yes. Aw oh, dang it. <laughs>